and welcome to the Linux Lemming. I'm your host, Rasta Calavera. Um, in episode three today, uh, a couple of things I want to cover. The first one that I'm really happy about is the actual accepted documentation that uh, this project has accomplished so far. And then I want to dive into a little bit of web analytics software, which is kind of what I'm experimenting with right now. Um, so right now I've got two and counting projects that documentation has actually been accepted for. The first one is a huge win for me. It's from the Linux server IO project and getting a merge into their project holds a very special place in my heart. They have a really great community and a team of devs who are constantly fielding questions through their discord. In my opinion, their documentation is some of the best out there. So being considered a contributor to that makes me very, very happy. And what I contributed, um, I talked about it in a blog post previously, if you had a chance to read that. Um, they had uh, some bash aliases that made um, administering their containers a lot easier. Things like typing DC up and DC down instead of Docker Compose tack D or Docker Compose up tack D and Docker Compose down and just little things like that. Um, and with the bash aliases that they had in their documentation, it was referencing a path into the opt directory. So they basically recommend that you keep all of the uh, static volumes and things in a file path of opt app data, whatever the container name is and config and all of that stuff. And I guess they assumed that the YAML file will live there as well. But in my case, I always keep the YAML file in my home directory, and then I keep all the container stuff in the opt app data directory. And in years past, I've always copied these bash aliases blindly, and they just never worked. And I just kind of assumed, well, whatever, I'll just ignore those for now and type out the whole thing. But what I learned is that it was referencing the wrong path. And I don't know why that never clicked with me before. Maybe I'm just more experienced with it now that it stood out to me. But I thought, well, geez, somebody who's just getting started, uh, they probably don't have their YAML in that same file path. So it would make sense to kind of put in a line of clarity there saying, like, depending on where your YAML file is stored, your bash alias will have to change accordingly for that. So I put in documentation, uh, I hopped onto their Discord and kind of threw it out there and said like, hey, what do you think about this? You think it's like a good addition to the documentation? And uh, a couple of users chimed in, provided some feedback. I went in, made some edits, and lo and behold, it got merged into the project. So now when you reference their Docker documentation, you'll see my little commit there about... Um, pay attention to where your YAML is stored and how it relates to the bash aliases. And I also provided a little code snippet to show, okay, maybe it's in your home folder. So no matter where you are in the system, you could be in the path of opt app data looking at, you know, proxy configs or something for swag. And if you type DC up, it's still going to hit the YAML file in your home directory. So that was just a nice little contribution there. Uh, the second one 
is for Podcast Generator. And this is another project very dear to me because when I first got into podcasting, and I like to call it a hobby cast because it was just me and a buddy chewing on fat, you know, and we had a listener pool of <laughs> our other group of friends, which is like three other people. Um, but I used Podcast Generator for that project to publish the podcast and actually get it into the iTunes store so that uh, friends and family could easily find it and listen to it if they so choose. Um, and I wanted to spin that project up again to uh, actually send the podcast feed rather than GitLab through a uh, VPS that I spun up. Well, geez, I started with Linode, had a bunch of issues with that. Then I did DigitalOcean, had some issues with that. There's a big blog post on that if you want to know what those issues are. But long story short, I was running into a whole bunch of problems and I spent hours searching online. And if you just do some web searching through Google or whatever, you're really not going to find a lot of people talking about the project, which surprised me because they've been around since like 2012. But it's just not something that comes up a lot in forums and things like that. So I dug into their issue tracker and uh, I found a post that was, I think it was from 2020, so pretty recent. And it was people complaining about, <clears throat> well, I shouldn't say complaining. It was people inquiring about similar issues to what I was having, but not quite identical. And there was a user named Jay Adams who uh, typed up what they were doing step by step by step to get it to work. And this was buried in a hyperlink that led to their fork of the project. And after I found that, I was like, well, shoot, like this should just be in the official documentation. Um, and if you look at Podcast Generator's website under their self-hosted section, it's five lines. It's basically uh, download the project, unzip it, put it in your um, your web server directory, and then you're good to go. And that's all they say. And I mean, granted, if you are a backend administrator with web servers and Apache and all that stuff, it's probably that easy. That's all you really need to know. But for somebody who's just trying to get their feet wet and get a project off the ground, it is not enough to get started for somebody completely new. So I used Jay Adams' documentation and then modified it to kind of fit my use case and tried to make it um, accessible for somebody who's also following that path. But even if you're not, I, I think there's enough details there where you can stumble through it and make it work for your use case. And that was a really good addition. Um, I had a great experience. Uh, I forked the project, made the edits, um, submitted a pull request, got feedback from one of the devs, uh, changed a few things, and then it was accepted and merged. But it's not on their web page. So the installation that I wrote up is in their installation file. And it's just a text file that's included with the project. Um, not even in Markdown, which I thought was kind of strange because I formatted everything in Markdown, just assuming it was a Markdown file. And then when I looked at the actual uh, merge, I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I 
this is just a text file. So now all my writing looks kind of strange, but... Um, anyway, after I got that all set up and squared away, I was kind of revisiting things, and I was I got the project up and running, but I couldn't upload any files through their uh, web admin interface, and I even struggled uploading things via FTP. So um, I've got that all figured out now. One of the big issues is in the php.ini configuration. There, uh, <laughs> there is a limit to the file size that you can upload, and it is ridiculously tiny. I think it's like two megabytes standard. So I bumped that up to like 20,000. Um, and then after that, things started working. So that needs to be included in the documentation as well. And then there was also something too with like um, the user permissions. The command I put in, I thought would apply the permission down throughout the entire directory. I'm still pretty confident it does, but I'm kind of at the point now where I want to blow everything away, follow my own documentation again, and make sure that that's accurate um, before I do another pull request on there. So that's going to be up and coming um, with that. So those are the two things that have actually been like accepted and merged into projects right now. I've also got some conversations going with um, some other devs. Uh, I've been digging into web analytics software just because I'm curious. Are people actually listening to this or visiting this? And I don't want to use Google Analytics. I just, I get kind of, I know it's really easy to do, but with all the privacy and things that people are concerned about now and my own kind of moral um, guidelines. I just, I want to steer clear of that if possible. So I found out that there is this whole kind of ecosystem with open web analytics. And there's a couple big name projects out there. Uh, Matimo, I believe it's pronounced, is a huge one that a lot of people use. And that one is uh, free as in beer. Um, to a certain extent, they have like a limited free tier. And then if you want more additional features, they have a paid version. Um, so I guess maybe freemium would be like a better way to phrase that. Uh, there's another one called Plausible, which again is kind of the same model. And then there's another one called Shynet, which is completely free, as in freedom and beer. So that one is supposedly uh, feature parity on with like Matimo, but there's no uh, freemium aspect to it. The only problem I had with Shynet is that it's only built for x86 architecture. So I'm trying to run everything off of my Raspberry Pi, and currently I couldn't run Shynet off of that platform. And I couldn't find anything on Docker Hub that had builds for uh, ARM64. So I installed it on an x86 machine, and then I had to try to figure out how to get Swag to send requests to that machine. And that <laughs> is kind of a mixed bag of tricks. I eventually got Swag to communicate with it so that if I put in something like shynet.myurl.com. It takes me to the actual uh, web GUI. 
but I still wasn't getting any analytics. Um, and the snippet is a piece of HTML that you're supposed to put into, I believe it's the head um, area of the HTML of a page. And the way that I'm doing it with Hugo, everything's in Markdown, so I was really confused as to how to find the correct HTML tags. So I had to do a lot of inspecting elements and page source and Firefox to try to find where those things live. And then I had to figure out more with um, Hugo's architecture with, uh, you know, their defaults. And I learned a lot with that. Um, a lot of that lives in my theme of Castanet. And you have to go into like page layouts and there's like a whole little header and footer section that's just straight up HTML, and then you gotta find the tags in there and paste your snippet in there. Um, but I did eventually figure that all out, but I still wasn't getting any analytical data. So I'm kind of at a standstill with that right now, and the dev is kind of waiting for my response back. Um, so I'm really positive that the, like, the dev is interested and wants to help and things like that, but um, I've kind of hit my time limit investment with that currently, so hopefully I can return to that later. I did get Matimo up and running because that one has an ARM uh, build, but I hit a lot of roadblocks with that too. Um, didn't play nicely with swag, and when I eventually did get it to work, it still wasn't collecting any analytical data. So <laughs> I'm just assuming that I'm still speaking into the void, and um, hopefully in the near future, I can figure out web analytics software and put something out with that. Um, but that's where the project is right now. Uh, if anybody in the community is out there um, and wants me to try to attempt something or you have attempted something and you want to talk about it, anything like that, contributions are always welcome through the GitLab page. You can submit a uh, pull request there and we'll get something up and running. Um, to try to speed on that community involvement, I was exploring a platform called Comento that allows you to embed a commenting system in a blog. Um, and <laughs> whole bunch of roadblocks with that as well. Um, so I got a huge backlog of things to try to troubleshoot. But um, until I come up with solutions for that, this will take us to the end of episode three of the Linux Lemming.